0: I am gonna get through this entire episode without once mentioning Andy Haynes. Seriously, not, I'm not one syllable of the name Andy Haynes. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovachevich of TK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and/or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins, where you found this Reds 3. Pirates won, woof. That series, in general, other than a semi-uplifting opener in which the Pirates did pretty much everything right fundamentally and created the offense that they did through not small ball, but microscopic ball, which while impressive in its own right when it's executed properly, doesn't really amount to something that you can sustain over a whole summer. This team finished this series, and I'm going to remind you that the Reds aren't good, and the Reds are going to end up with a lot of losses, probably more losses than the Pirates. The visitors totaled eight runs, only two home runs over the weekend, five extra base hits, and two of those eight runs that I mentioned were walked in. So there were only six RBI over the week, and this was at Great American Bandbox. This is the place where you go to get out of slumps, not to start off your season in one. It's, it's a legit concern to this offense. Those of you who are regular listeners to this show know that the main hesitation that I've had about this team has been the offense. Um, I've, seen, heard, and read from a lot of fans who are getting, in my estimation, irrationally, not excited, but optimistic about this lineup because it looks better in some spots than it did a year ago when it was Josh Van Meter or whoever, and they see some younger names and and say, all right, well, now that looks like a lineup. That looks good. Yeah, we'll take that. But the offense hasn't been there for this team under, uh, I'm not going to do it, not going to do it, too early in the year, too early in the year to be talking about Andy Haynes, which is why I'm not mentioning Andy Haynes at all today. But when your team goes through an entire spring training of not producing offense in the ballpark That year after year after year, for decades now, has produced the greatest offensive numbers in Grapefruit League ball, irrespective of outcomes, that's bad. Meaning wins and losses. I say all the time, wins and losses don't matter in the spring. As you get later into it, the pitching begins to matter, the hitting begins to matter. The Pirates never hit in the spring. Never hit. They had a couple of guys who went on some tears, and that was that. They also never showed anything remotely resembling competitive approaches whenever men were on base. And I know there's a whole subculture of advanced analytics that says there's no such thing as clutch. RBIs are not a skill. But there's also a century and a half of precedent of people who lived and died through the sport who swear that there is that it is a skill and that it is a badge of honor really if you can be that batter who can bring runs home this team went over eight in that regard yesterday against the reds and in most cases just continued swinging out of their shoes like nothing had changed you know it didn't matter that there was a, a runner in scoring position or how many outs there were or what kind of pitcher they were facing Nothing changes. Every swing is a Rodolfo Castro swing into the sun. And if that's something that's only the case with a hitter or two, or or even a handful of them, you point to the hitter. You say, well, that's just not a very good hitter. But once you start putting more accomplished players into that lineup, when you start seeing a Carlos Santana and Andrew McCutcheon G-Man Choi. And yeah, by now, we got to start lumping in Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes. Hey, sometimes they're going to come through, okay, because they're accomplished. They know what they're doing, independent of whoever it is that might be coaching slash instructing them at the moment. But when you're talking about a team-wide approach to attacking a pitcher, when you're talking about a team-wide approach to situational baseball... 100% 100% of the time, you are talking about the hitting coach. Or if you're Derek Shelton, you're talking about the opposing pitcher, which he did with reporters in Cincinnati after the game. We faced some pretty good pitching. I mean, the top of the rotation for the Reds is, is pretty good with Green, Lodolo, and, and Ashcraft. I mean, they have good stuff, and, and, and they kind of kept us in check. I mean, yesterday we had some opportunities early, didn't break it open. Today we had some opportunities late, and, and didn't get a big hit. I'm not going to dispute that the Reds have some live arms. They do. And I'm not going to allow the Pirates to wriggle off on just this notion that they didn't come through in the clutch. As you heard me bring up parenthetically, and you just heard from Shelton himself. John Kreinbill, a subscriber to DK Pittsburgh Sports and a regular listener of this program, sent the following data in got to read this to you in the 97 at bats that the pirates took over the weekend 77 times or 80 percent of the time the ball never left the infield as john writes that's incredibly difficult to do the pirates struck out 30 times and the 47 times that they actually made contact they couldn't even get the ball out of the infield you can tip your cap to cincinnati's young starters all you want but that's trash hitting that is trash hitting and i'm speaking in the collective and i am speaking without mentioning the name of andy haynes when we come back j1q this portion of daily shot of pirates is brought to you by our friends at north shore tavern that's directly across federal street J1Q comes from John, who says, I don't see the batters attacking the pitch. Rather, I'm seeing swing and hope. Lots of pop-ups. I wonder if the launch angle hyperbole has changed batters' swings. I have been advocating, John, going back to the early portion of this past off season for more J1 Bay. That's not because I think he is the cure-all. He had a nice opener. He had a not-so-nice second game. He's what he is. Okay, I don't think he's some superstar. He's not the next Rod Carew or Pete Rose or whatever, just because he can make contact, just because he can steal bases, just because he can put down a bunt single. But you know what? I'd like to see a lot more of that. There's nobody who's watched Major League Baseball over the past handful of days, who could be convinced, reasonably, that the game hasn't changed, probably for good, as it relates to just getting on base and just running the bases the same way they were doing back in the 1880s, it's arguably never been easier to steal bases. Just on that count alone, if you can get Bay on, his singles essentially count for doubles, and with How easily he has shown to be able to steal third. Now we're really getting into some precious territory. If you're not going to hit the ball out of the infield, then this is the answer, okay? I mean, it's just three games. I'm not overreacting here, okay? But I also understand that if things with this particular franchise spiral early, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming, because that plug will get pulled not only figuratively, but also literally, meaning they'll get to a stage of the season where they just go, oh, well, and then they give up, and then they trade away all their veterans for a handful of low-level prospects. So these games do matter if you want to get better, if you want to be more competitive, as everyone involved is saying that they do. So if you want that to happen, if that's your priority, then either start expecting from everybody, from Shelton to the hitting coach, on down to the hitters themselves, to hit better, or your other option is to just keep playing the small ball that you did in the opener. Or heck, maybe it's some blissful combination of both of those concepts. Whichever the case, you're going to need offense, and you're going to have to prioritize getting that offense above and beyond some loyalty to a hitting coach, or for that matter, loyalty to hitters who can't hit. And I'd love to be wrong about this, and there's a chance that I will be. There's a very good chance, for example, that Hayes alone will look a lot more like he did in the spring than what he looked like in Cincinnati. He appears to have figured some stuff out. He appears to be as healthy as he's been since he first arrived as a rookie in 2020. And he appears to be among the most likely of everyone in the Pirates lineup to have a pretty big jump upward. But we didn't see it. In Cincinnati. In fact, we really didn't see anything close to it in Cincinnati. Those were not impressive at bats. And all I'm saying here isn't fire the hitting coach or whatever. Hey, he's back. They must see something. Let's see what he's got in turn. But I am saying that the accountability aspect has to be on the table in this regard because 2022 saw the worst. Pirates offense we have ever witnessed. That's a pretty low bar upon which to expect improvement. There, how'd I do? Never, ever, ever mentioned Andy Haynes' name once. Let's do it again tomorrow.